0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Hey folks, welcome back. I'm Peter Capelli. I'm Daniel Marrow. And as you can tell, that's layoff music. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to call it layoff music. We're going to talk uh, in this half hour of the show about layoffs. But here are some interesting things for you youngsters out there. Uh, and that is before the 1980s, before 1985, the US government, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, did not collect data on permanent job loss because it was so rare. So people got laid off. It was. But they typically got hired right back, right? So hired right back by, by, the, some, same, by, by the, the same by the same company. company. Yeah, oh, really. Uh, you remember supplemental unemployment benefit plans for yeah. unions and things yeah. like that, right? So the idea was you wanted to keep your workforce with you. Uh, that the you know downturn came because of business cycles: up, down, up, down, up, down, and uh, so you didn't want to lose your uh, workforce afterwards. Um, and when in a downturn. So what you would do is you guaranteed them recall and based on seniority, right? Most yeah. senior get called back first. And then they had these unemployment benefits in addition to unemployment uh, insurance so that they could be paid when they were laid off so they didn't go looking for another job and didn't, yeah. didn't leave you and the you know the typical tenure with an employer in the u.s was about the same as it was in japan the home of lifetime employment yep. in those days yeah and we didn't get permanent le- we didn't get layoffs until the 1980s and before like, Lay-
1: layoffs of the white collar workforce or anybody, just layoffs i, in I general, mean where yeah. they
0: just said nope forget it don't c- bother coming back yeah. we don't want to see uh, again that is permanent job loss which became called displaced workers to differentiate it from traditional temporary layoffs. Sure. And we didn't see white collar people losing their jobs until the nineteen eighties until yeah. the nineteen eighties. Early to mid eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, IBM famously started laying people off. First they doubled the rate at which they were dismissing people for bad performance. And then they said, oh, we never had lifetime employment anyway. And then they started yeah. laying off
1: white But Klogers. But as of the mid-80s, people were saying, IBM is such a wonderfully run company. They've never laid off anyone yeah. in their entire history, including during the Depression. Yeah. That's why their employees are so loyal and why they're so profitable. Yeah. They're the best run company ever.
0: Well, and to some extent, all that was true. I think they ran into an environment that was so profoundly different yeah. uh, that restructuring that way, you know, it was too difficult to restructure that way so they were built to restructure in a small way very yeah, quickly
1: exactly but they weren't but the built. changes in tech were <clears throat> as a, right. we moved away from mainframes were just so huge right
0: so here's the surprising thing and i i confess i did not know this until preparing for this show ha i did prepare for this show um And that was looking at how much layoffs are going on right now. So we hear uh, absolute booming economy, right? Tight labor market, blah, blah, blah. But what percentage – and Dan, the only reason I know this is because I just looked up a minute ago because I wouldn't know either. Uh, What percentage of the workforce of employees – let me give you exactly – percentage of the annual average employment in the U.S. US economy – are laid off and discharged every year. So not fired for cause, but discharged or laid off. What do you think?
1: Um, Is this currently or just (laughs) over long periods of time? Yeah, currently. I would guess currently it's fairly low, approximately 5%.
0: 14% every year? Yeah. And in even fact... a
1: boom-time economy, 14% yeah, laid off?
0: I'm just... Uh, imagine this is TV because I'm yeah. holding up something for Dan to, to see here. But uh, these well, are no, the data yeah. from 2013. Uh, I'm trying to make sense of it. Okay. I'm surprised too. And and, and maybe
1: our expert can, but I would guess it's you know, even in a booming economy among businesses, there's yeah. winners and losers. Yeah, right. You're still right. going to have 20% right. of restaurants going out of business right. every year. Right, that's true. Um, they're, they're still in every business. There's, there's poorly run businesses or yep. businesses, bad luck. Right. And they go out of business. Right and
0: everybody's laid off and here's a surprising thing industry that's been doing pretty well which is construction has uh among the highest rates of displacement and layoffs and I think that's because... I that mean when a big job is done, they're laid I off? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it, right? But I think it's also the case now that it's much more common that companies restructure with layoffs. They don't retrain people. They don't move people around. That's very true. We just close this plant and we open a new plant uh, someplace yeah. else. So it, it's quite surprising. And here's a, uh, something else surprising to me anyway. We always think that manufacturing is the industry that was the most layoff prone. But now it is about the least layoff prone, um, Surprising, oh, yeah, and well, I think they cut down to
1: a core workforce. And they've automated everything else.
0: Well, it could be, but I think also there's maybe not the same kind of uh, restructuring going on, and there's not maybe quite as much huh. boom and bust going on either. So, well, so well, uh, that's our expert. Yeah, so John Taylor. Right there you go. Uh, so, with us to talk about this is John Taylor, who's the manager of practice development at RiseSmart, uh, which is a company that specializes in helping companies uh, with layoffs. So, John, welcome. Thank you.
2: It's great to be here.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, we'll Peter see. If, good. Thanks. We'll see if you still think that at the end of the show. Yeah. But <laughs> that's <laughs> yes. A before and after test. So Rise Smart, uh I guess I, I confess I haven't paid attention to the outplacement uh, world in a while. Uh are you guys uh a name change from an existing company or where did Rise Smart come from?
2: No, we we've been in existence for a little over 10 years, 11 years. Okay. Um, and have grown to be the number three uh, company in the industry. Okay. Uh, at some point, for too long, to be number two. Okay. Um, so we have um, taken a different approach, and our focus is really on uh, a different spin. It's more on what we call career transition. Okay. Um, which includes what we're talking about, outplacement, but also as a growing focus on career development. As well.
0: Okay, so you're trying to help uh, companies with their employees advance inside the company as well as moving them out the door? Okay.
2: Exactly. We want to be, in a way, almost a a full service provider. Yeah, right. So that when the employees are on board, they have access to tools and resources to help them grow their careers while they're there. And on those occasions when there's a need to displace people then they flip over into a mode where they have access to our resources to help them understand okay. what's available outside.
0: Okay. And if you're a budding business student out there, one of the things that uh, is interesting about what John is saying is... A problem the outplacement industry always had is it was counter-cyclical. So when the mm-hmm. economy is doing well, that business is not doing well. When it's doing poorly, that business is doing, doing uh, well. So trying to smooth that out. So, John, I think we want to talk uh, a, a little bit, well, first of all, about what you're seeing out there. I was quite stunned, I think Dan and I both, to see that displacement discharges and layoffs are still going on at a pretty good clip. What are you seeing around the country or where you work?
2: Well, I'm seeing very much the same thing, Peter. Uh, it's, it's related to geography, and of course, it's related to other factors, including industry. Yeah. And in some industries, it's not uncommon to have fairly frequent cycles of displacement. Okay. Um,
0: like, what, what are we talking about? Give us an example. What industry? What
2: well, causes? Technology. Technology, as an example. Oh, you um, mean uh, IT technology,
0: or what kind of technology?
2: Yes. IT, IT as an example. Uh, it's changing so fast that um, folks that work in the IT sector have to really up to speed to keep that leading edge, if you will, Okay. depending on which company they're working for. And to some degree, if you're an older, uh, more tenured, I should say, uh, <laughs> IT worker, yeah. you really want to keep your skills uh, sharp and actually grow them because you've got people that are coming out of school that are already equipped with uh, knowledge and tools that you necessarily haven't gotten.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's true. And uh, I think that's going to happen to those people who come out of college, too, uh, really quickly, right? So let's talk for a little bit about how uh, companies ought to be thinking. Let's think about the discharge side and the traditional outplacement side here a, a little bit. And just uh, to remind listeners what we're doing, we're talking to John Taylor, who's the manager of practice development at Rise Smart. It's a company that helps people make these transitions inside companies. And uh, let's talk for a minute about what not to do. Uh, so... Uh, And maybe we could ask all three of us here to think about maybe examples of uh, what not to do. So here's mine, John. This is going to be, can you top this? Okay. And I heard this from uh, somebody who was also in the outplacement business a few years ago. And this was a tech company in Silicon Valley. And the consultant was brought in to help with a downsizing they were about to carry out. And the president of the company had this plan. And the plan was as follows that the, uh, the consultant would wait in the parking lot of the company. The uh, president of the company would go in during working hours, pull the fire alarm. Everybody would vacate the building out to the parking lot, and the president would lock the door, and then the outplacement consultant would explain to everybody that they had all lost their jobs. What do you think? Huh? I, I don't like that. I've heard you it before. Like I may have been me, me telling yeah, it for me before. I think, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah. So, John, can you top I mean, that? Do what they do you think have terms of vandalism or what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Think I can top that one. No, that's a that's a rather unique story. Okay. So, what do you got? You got a, a, anything uh, that looked uh, troublesome in terms of things you saw?
2: Well, I've seen lots of things over my years in the business world, uh, and. um Earlier in time, there was a lot of uh, very brusque dismissals, if you will, yeah, and very, yeah. very impersonal right. and and cold, et cetera. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, in today's world, that doesn't bode well because of the likes of social media, so on and so forth. So we have really moved away from that, you know, here you're walking papers type of approach yeah. um, from past years into – into very much of what I would call for the more caring companies, kind of this transition, if you will. Okay. If the employee is offered um, outplacement as a service, they're transitioned into that. Now, the impact is still somewhat the same in that you're losing your your position. Yeah, yeah. There's still Mm -hmm. that traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. but to some degree, think of it as sort of a, a safety net, Mm-hmm. Uh, that a, a person has there to take advantage of if they so choose. That's okay. really where companies are going. What, what's driving that to a certain degree is the recognition on the part of the company that their brand can be heavily impacted by how they treat their employees that have been displaced, hmm. are being displaced, or could be displaced.
0: Okay. You think they're really worried about that now. I must say I'm a little more cynical.
2: Well, uh, there are a lot of companies that are putting resources to uh, watching all the social media sites, yeah. being responsive, etc. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it it really does impact a company's brand, and if you if you believe that, uh, that means there's an impact on the the loyalty of customers, uh, sales, uh, even the company's ability to recruit
0: people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I I believe they're concerned yeah. about their brand. I think the question is. How much are they willing to spend uh, to do something about cushioning layoffs as a result of that? Because, um, John, you may have been in this business for a long time, but I remember back in the earlier days with Drake Beam and Morum and all the original outplacement companies, this used to be a pretty cushy thing, uh, especially for executives who were outplaced, right? They spent a lot of time. Handholding and preparing and counseling these folks, and then it all moved to cheaper, quicker, faster, more transactional, yeah. right? Even though the
1: outplacement firms have different packages, there's the 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 lot of handholding one. There's the will help you build the resume and give you access to a database one, and maybe something in between. Isn't that about right?
2: It, it is. There are different levels,
0: but they squeeze and down, John. I mean, I was in this <laughs> world for a while, and they squeeze down, right? And so the low cost providers started to take over, and DBM faded as you know the more automated ones kind of came in, right?
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, for those who got packages like that years ago, it was kind of a cushy deal, like you said. Um, in that world, though, you had to be at a certain higher level to take right. advantage of that. Right. To, to get
0: those, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And what's happened over the years is it's, the, that ceiling, if you will, has come down. Now, admittedly, there's uh, it's a different experience mm-hmm. than it was in those years, and really the model has changed where to a certain degree people are um, you know, given a framework and a process is in a way facilitated where after a short period of time they jump in and they take ownership and they turn the wheels, the dials, if you will – Uh, At their speed.
0: Yeah. So more self-service. John, we got a a call here. A question, I think, about something you had said before. Connor's calling from Pennsylvania. Connor, how are you?
2: I'm doing all right.
0: Uh, Nice to hear from you, Connor. What's the uh, what's the question you got for John here?
2: Yeah. So, John, you previously referenced how, especially in the IT industry or the IT industry, that there is uh, like a, graduates are graduating with skills that even senior individuals didn't have, and so there's there's that phenomenon there. And I'm curious if you see that mostly in the IT sector, or if you're finding that in any other sectors. And uh, if you could just speak a little bit more about the ramifications of, of that fact that you're having people graduate with skills that are highly in demand that others who have lots of, of experience don't, uh, might not have or, or may have missed a chance to gain.
0: Yeah, and that they're, getting the, they're the ones kind of getting pushed out, right?
2: Sure. So, sure. John, are you
0: seeing this all over or where?
2: Uh, we're seeing it in, in several industries. And he, see, here's the rub. Can, can you tell us which, one,
0: which ones they are?
2: Uh, Well, I will say it ranges from the the science world, technology, engineering, uh, disciplines like that. Okay. But here's the the rub. Uh, The graduates coming out have knowledge and skills that those that have been in these industries for a number of years may not have. Yeah. However, they don't have the application
0: Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. There's a difference there. Um, so for, if I were to be asked to give advice to those who are currently working in those industries or any industry for that matter, I would say, keep your skills and your knowledge sharp. Take courses at night, uh, during the weekends, Mm -hmm. wherever learn new skills, uh, keep up to speed with what's changing in your industry. Don't sit back and think because you've been doing this for Ten, yep. fifteen, twenty years. Sure, you're yep. set because you're, you're a sitting duck if that's your strategy. Yeah, no,
1: I think that's exactly right
0: because the companies are not uh, are not valuing those skills as much, and they're re- inclined to replace them with the younger folks, yeah. right? So, yeah, that that's part of the problem. So, John, can you tell us a, a, maybe an example or two of what the right way to do this is? Um, if you, you don't have to name names of the companies, but if you could just walk us through, you know, a company decides they got to lay somebody off, and then what's a, what's a good practice for dealing with that?
2: Well, the companies that do it, um, I think, in the most effective way are companies that really have a solid plan that's developed, right? Um, and that includes lots of different factors, but basically, it's a plan that's built around what needs to happen when, and also builds in respect and caring okay. for those impacted employees.
0: Okay. So how do you do that? I mean, what's it look like?
2: Well, the plan basically is the foundations are based on, okay, how many people are impacted? What locations, what types of positions okay. in addition to impacts on those folks, mm-hmm. obviously there are impacts on those people left behind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's going to cover the work? Mm-hmm. How, when will they be informed? What will they be told? Mm-hmm. So it really is a plan that has a number of elements to it okay. that need to work in, in, in concert, if you will, mm-hmm. such that it's, it's a respectful, uh, caring experience as much as possible for those directly impacted and also for those who are left uh, you know, there to pick up additional work, which is typically the case. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, once you have that plan, you've got to bring it to life, which is easier said than done, Mm -hmm. because, you know, things happen in the world and plans don't always work the way they should. So you need to think of contingencies, um, so on and so forth.
0: So, John, uh, just to, to move us a little toward the end here, if you had to give a piece of advice to employers who are thinking about doing this, is there one thing in particular you would tell them that's important to keep in mind?
2: Oh, I guess I would say focus on the, uh, the emotional impact okay. on not just the individuals impacted, but the others,
0: the survivors, survivors.
2: survivors. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yep. And, and how do you do that? What's the, uh, how do you deal with the people who survive?
2: Well, basically you develop a sort of a sub plan, if you will, that, Uh, speaks to what will you tell them? When will you tell them? Yeah. What will you set up in terms of, you know, will you have HR folks or other people available after the uh, dismissals are announced for those who are left behind who are having trouble dealing with what just happened?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, which would be probably most people, yeah. I think that's probably right. It typically
2: is. It yeah. typically is. Yeah,
0: uh, John, thanks very much for being with us uh, on this. Appreciate your time My and pleasure. your thoughts on this. John Taylor is the manager of practice development at Rise Smart, a company that specializes in doing this. Uh, you know, uh, Dan, what we know about this uh, research that got going in the. 90s actually looking at this is the discovery this is a guy Kim named Kim Cameron at University of Michigan who did this work uh, that the big problem with layoffs is is not uh, so much uh, the people who leave of course mm-hmm. it's a big problem for them but for the organization it's the survivors and the big issue is people feel why did I survive right uh, how come I didn't get laid off and so the big thing that matters to the surviving employees is an explanation as to why you are still there because if people think it was luck then going forward they're spending their time prepared to get whacked right and so they're spending their time looking for another job and sometimes they're paralyzed by fear oh my gosh it's going to be me next yeah so the key thing seems to be to be able to tell them a story And explain why you survived and how you fit into a plan going forward, right? So and if you can't do that, uh, the layoffs end up paralyzing the organization going forward. And you've probably seen these companies get paralyzed by this, yeah?
1: Yeah. Well, it could be morale lowering. And when we come back after a break, I'm going to give you my tip on –
0: Layoffs. It's not even a legal tip. It's just a very practical tip. Excellent. Practical and topical. And we're going to have a whole half hour of employment law as soon as we come back. Lucky. Yay. Go get your popcorn and potato chips. We'll be back in just a minute.
2: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.